Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Run Up the Score with Pam Bachman and Bo Mollett. We have had, it's been a couple weeks, but even the pros took their time off last week because this is a slow time in the sports world. So I don't feel bad. We don't have any, we don't have any more in a show that. Like, it's not overloaded <laughs> by any means. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to just relax and breathe a little bit, you know? Yeah, get through that NFL season. We gave you the we gave you the Super Bowl analysis, so that's really all. I mean, that was, that was a sign-off for vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there was one team that did not go on vacation – we know for sure of that is the Indianapolis Colts. They have made their move to secure their future in a quarterback. We have heard many a name come up over the past several months. We've heard Sam Darnold. We have heard Aaron Rodgers. We have heard Matthew Stafford. We have heard uh, Carson Wentz. We have heard trade up and get Justin Fields. We have heard, Deshaun Watson, if you can fool the Texans. Derek Carr. We've heard Derek Carr. Ben, what happened? Well, uh, basically, in my honest yet correct opinion, the Indianapolis Colts absolutely schooled the Eagles out of this trade. Uh, The Eagles did a... Huge mistake and set the price for Carson Wentz. And it was competitive to Matthew Stafford. Well, as soon as the Eagles set that price, so many teams were already out. Like they were like, this is ridiculous. I'm not even going to even go to the negotiating table. And so ultimately this is already turning into a dumpster fire. And then it goes down between the Eagles and the Colts. And then Carson Wentz, used his leverage as a player. And he says, well, I kind of want to go to the Colts. So I'm just going to come out and say, I don't want to go out to the Bears. And the Bears said, if he doesn't want to come here, we're not going to trade for him. And so that left the Colts to be the only suitor available. Now, granted, if the Colts gave a absolutely ridiculous offer, the Eagles probably still wouldn't have accepted it. So the Colts still had to give a decent offer. But at the same time, it's a lot less than what the Eagles ever dreamed about getting for Carson Wentz. So the Colts got a third round, or or so the Eagles got a third round pick, and they got a second round pick, which is very likely to turn into a first round pick. It's a conditional second round pick. What needs to happen is Carson Wentz needs to start at least 75% of the games, or he could start 70% of the games, but if the Colts make the playoffs, it's still turned into a first-round pick. So more than likely, the Colts give up 
a first and a third. Or if it doesn't work out, the Colts only lose a third and a second. So I say, by and large, the Colts absolutely won this trade. They got a quarterback that they wanted for a reasonable value. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, it's a cap. It's a small cap. It's a decent sized cap. Yeah. But it doesn't really kill our drafts for the neck for the future. So it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah. I'm, I am, uh, I don't understand the people that think that the Eagles won this trade. I have seen some of those opinions, but for the most part, I believe everyone's on the same page for the most part that the Colts absolutely got the value play here for Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, I'd love I, to see those Eagles takes because yeah. it just would – I'm mind-boggled. The, uh, the interesting thing here is I feel like we just played along for six months <laughs> because I feel like six months ago we were saying, yeah, Carson went to the Colts. That probably makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so we just – it couldn't happen, and so we just played along, played along, and, oh, well, what if we brought in Matthew Stafford? Oh, what if we brought in uh, – you know, what if we drafted our quarterback? What if we did this or that? And ultimately, we end up with Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fear. I mean, when the, when the Eagles said that they wanted two first-round picks for Carson Wentz, I thought, one – well, he's not coming to the Colts because I think no matter how bad Frank Reich's like, I love Carson Wentz, Chris Ballard's not going to trade two first-round picks to bring in Carson Wentz. Um, so I, there was a moment there where I thought, are we going to be riding into town with Jacoby Brissett come September? <laughs> um, but once everyone else also had the same – I. Because I thought there's going to be a team out there. There's always a team that's a sucker, you know? There's always a team that's a sucker. For instance, I believe the Los Angeles Rams were pretty pretty sucker for Matthew Stafford to give up two firsts, a third, and Jared Goff. That seemed like a massive overpayment for me. I get get that Stafford's better, but I don't know if he's Goff, two firsts, and a third better. Yeah. Um, I definitely believe the Rams have reached a little bit on that, but at the same time, I feel like the Rams have a lot better chance of looking back and saying, okay, it was worth it. No, I I get that. I'm just saying there's always a team that's willing to pay more for a player. And so the Colts typically aren't that team. And so when when the Eagles say they want two first for Carson Wentz, I'm figuring a team like the Bears are going to be willing – to give up to first bringing Carson Wentz because heck they traded for Nick Foles last year. And if that shows us anything is that they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so when that came out, it was like, but then all the teams were like, that's ridiculous. We're backing out. Um, And then essentially it was like, well, it's down to the bears and the Colts. And then Wentz is like, well, I don't want to go to the bears, which essentially sealed it up for the Colts. (laughs) And um, the, 
when I got the news that we had given for Carson Wentz, we had given up a third round pick this year and a second pick next year that could turn into a first. My initial reaction was like Chris Ballard's freaking genius. Like the, <laughs> like how in the world, the, the ability to go to, for the Eagles to go from we want two first for Carson Wentz to then accept a third and a second, at best a third and a first next year, seems almost impossible for me to how that value swung. I mean, that, like you said, if Wentz doesn't work out, it's a third and a second, that's next to nothing, especially for a two-year try on a quarterback, you know? Um the the upside with Wentz is enormous. Um, there is a risk there. You know, all the stats and everything. He was the worst quarterback in the league this year. Here's the other thing. When the Eagles said, we want two firsts for Carson Wentz, I thought, you're asking for two firsts for a player who ranked last? Not last, I'm sorry. He ranked 35th out of 32 starting quarterbacks in – production and you benched him halfway through the season yourself and you want two firsts for this guy the i don't know what the eagles did when they fire i see here's what i don't get though ben when they fired doug peterson that to me said we're choosing carson wentz and we're not choosing doug peterson because i think if they were choosing Jalen Hurts or whoever they're going to go with now, if they were choosing not Carson Wentz, they would just trade Carson Wentz and stick with Peterson. So I'm a little confused on that. The messaging, it just seems like they fired Peterson and then they traded Wentz and now they have a guy who can't talk as their head coach and uh, and Jalen Hurts, but they might draft somebody. Um, that's the only part that confuses me. Well, not the only part that confuses me on the Eagles side. You want to talk about biggest collapses in NFL history? This team won the Super Bowl, what, three years ago? They are one of the worst-run organizations in the league right now. <laughs> yeah, like Houston and the Eagles are fighting to be the worst-run franchise ever. I mean, it, it, it's literally a dogfight right now. But when I saw the firing of uh, – oh, shoot, the name is escaping me. Um, Peterson? Yeah, Peterson. When I saw that he got fired, that to me was not choosing Carson Wentz. I thought it left Carson Wentz on the table, but I do not feel as if that meant Carson Wentz was most certainly going to stay. I saw Doug Peterson getting fired because of incompetent coaching and – just not being able to get the job done. That's what I saw this year from the Eagles. I thought Doug Peterson needed to be ran out of town. I thought he coached the Eagles very poorly this year. Yes, but usually if you win the Super Bowl three years ago, you get a little time. <laughs> like, you don't usually see a coach win the Super Bowl three years later, no matter how bad he does. He usually, with a Super Bowl win, has bought himself an extra couple years. Well, see, here's the thing. If I win a Super Bowl, 
and I'm having a quarterback controversy for the next three years, and I'm in the bottom of the NFC East, <laughs> which you don't even need a winning record to win. <laughs> well, he made the playoffs last year. You know, again, that was the NFC East. But regardless, I, I, Ben, I, he made the playoffs. Okay, like, I get the point. Oh, he made the playoffs. But, like, teams can make the playoffs. And if you're going to go based on, oh, well, we made the playoffs, and you're not acknowledging that, okay, you're still a bad team. You just happen to have things fall your way. You, you're going to end up like the Eagles. Like, the Eagles were like, oh, we made the playoffs last year. Well, you still have quite a bit of problems here. Oh, no, well, but we still made the playoffs. We're still good. And then – you see what happened to the Eagles this year. Making the playoffs isn't enough. You have to give full confidence that your team is trending in the right direction. The Eagles were basically taking that Super Bowl win, and because they still had the talent around them, they were just able to make the playoffs. But because of bad coaching and bad draft picks, uh, you finally see a result, and that was this atrocity of a season. Well, let's talk about – I feel like I went in a million different directions there. I'm just, I'm just baffled by the Eagles organization. But let's talk about mm-hmm. what the um, – so I think – so we both agree that the Colts got the better in this deal. Now, what does this look like in Indianapolis for Carson Wentz? I am optimistic because – he's going to have a far better offensive line. He's going to have a team that statistically has stayed healthier than the Eagles have in the past two years. Um, I am concerned. We need to get, we need to bring in a receiver. We need to bring in um, a tight end or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense is better than what the Eagles had. This team is far younger than what the Eagles – I think the Eagles were touting one of the oldest rosters in the league. Um, and Frank Reich there is obviously the storyline because Frank Reich was there when Carson Wentz played like an MVP, Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the main question on everyone's mind is, does, is Carson Wentz able to get back to playing at an MVP level or is this the level that Carson Wentz is at? See, from what I'm seeing in reports, it looks like Carson Wentz gave up on the Eagles long before, like, any of this stuff was public. Like, around the – like, they, he said that Carson Wentz had not talked to Doug Peterson for about, I think, eight to five weeks. Maybe eight that was after – Wait, eight to five weeks? Yeah, I think right after he got five, benched. Five to eight weeks. Sits better with me, Ben. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. There was no communication between coach and quarterback, and I believe this is the point after he got benched. Mm-hmm. So... That can't happen with a franchise quarterback. Uh, even if you are struggling, even if you get benched, 
And honestly, this could have happened before the benching. I don't know when this happened. But the coach and quarterback were not on the same page. Now, from what I'm seeing, Carson Wentz has already arrived in Indianapolis, and it seems like he's already getting along with his teammates and whatnot. Oh, and he, well, we got a well, little bit on that here in a minute. I mean, I know what story you're going to come up with, and I thought that whole entire story was bull crap anyway. But regardless, uh, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, I think that relationship is going to be so- a solid relationship. I think that that right there is going to be solid. And I think with Carson Wentz having a better line, he's a little bit more mobile, allows Frank Wright to open up the playbook anymore. He'll have I, a far better running game. Far better running game. Yeah. I think now it's up to the Colts to continue to build off what they already had in terms of uh, core pieces to making a good team. I think we've got the quarterback that can do it. So this is the fact that we got Carson Wentz for a third and a second next year, maybe first, opens up a whole thing of possibilities. Because it opens up – we have more draft capital now. We have more assets that we were able to keep that we can also use in trades now. Um, Because I guess the idea – like, I was anticipating if we're going to trade for a quarterback, we're probably going to have to give up at least one first and something else. And that's going to really deplete us at the at the resources. Like, we have a lot of resources still because we got Carson Wentz for almost nothing. Um, and and we feel like we now have the quarterback thing solved. Um, I would really – I guess – well, I guess what I'm hearing, the Colts are in talks with the Ravens for Orlando Brown who wants to – wants to um, leave Baltimore. Um, he's a young, uh, promising tackle, left tackle. Um, so I'm hearing that they're in talks for that. I heard something along the lines that they might be looking at, I think Trent Williams is a free agent um, coming out of San Francisco. Um, so they might sign Trent Williams, who's an all-pro tackle. I've heard – let me get your thoughts on this. I've heard the discussion of moving Quentin Nelson over to tackle. I all open with this. I don't understand why you would do that. I understand he could be a great left tackle. However, he is the best guard in football right now. He will be a Hall of Fame offensive guard. So I don't know why you move him out of that position because if he if just to make him even if he's a great tackle, even if he's just as good at guard, I don't know what all that solves because now you got to fill his spot at guard. I I would I feel much better leaving Quentin Nelson where he is and letting him do his thing and bringing in uh, Orlando Brown or Trent Williams or something like that to supplement that left tackle spot. I think I'm more of a fan of bringing in Trent Williams just because I don't have to give up acts well, assuming he's available, I don't have to give up assets to trade for Trent Williams. I would just sign him. But I mean, what do you think about the whole offensive line situation we have going on right now? Yeah. Uh, at the same, 
Like, I get it. We have a left tackle vacancy. Um, I'm not as really concerned about moving Quentin Nelson over to left tackle as you are. Uh, just because as a former offensive lineman playing in high school, you know, I had both the left tackle or, well, both tackle positions memorized, both guard positions memorized. So, essentially, I could play anywhere. Uh, and I assume Humble Quentin brag. Nelson, I mean, <laughs> that hey. If any of my teammates are listening, they they knew the exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying it, is it, it, if I a, could do it, Quentin Nelson could do it. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to give you the picture because, like, it's it was expected at our high school to know all the uh, different positions. Mm-hmm. Now, you may specialize in one, but you were still expected to know them all in case there needed to be a little uh, mix-up. And I think Quentin Nelson would be just as good at left tackle than, or as he is as a guard. Now, the reason why you would bump Quentin Nelson outside is because the left tackle is the most important offensive line position because you got to protect the quarterback's blind side. I mean, that's it's just how it is. Not trying to be funny with like the movie or anything. It's absolutely the one hundred percent truth. Man, I was hoping. Jeez, Ben. Like it, it really is the truth. It really is no, the truth. No, no, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying if you just breeze by it, we you can just you didn't it, by acknowledging it. Now you are being funny with the movie and everything, and and showing off your wit and whatnot. Well, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, moving moving Quentin Nelson out, I don't think it has a concern. I feel like it's a lot easier to replace an interior guard than a left tackle. So I'm not opposed to it. I would like to bring in a left tackle. I like Quentin Nelson. He, he just has that guard look to him, but that's, I definitely, that's what I think, I'm saying. I think he can play left tackle if needed. I think he can if needed, but I would prefer him stay where he's at. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily easier to fill a guard than it is. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. There's a certain build that a left tackle needs, but I feel like nowadays, like it's like uh, Chris Ballard said, he's like, you know, nowadays you got a lot of people who are coming in through the middle too. You got Aaron Donalds and Buckners and um, JJ Watts. They all come from inside. It's not just the edge rushers anymore. So you got to have quality guys in the middle as well. So I don't think it's just as simple as, well, we could, if we move Nelson to left tackle, we can just find anybody to fill in the guards and the center, and that's all going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I think the left tackle is the most important for the blind side aspect, but the the offensive line as a whole, you need people at all five positions to be able to. I mean, you got guys coming from everywhere now on defense. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And so I think it's basically based on who you can get and uh, what best fits your team. So if it is moving Nelson to tackle, I don't have a problem with it. If it's signing a left tackle and leaving Nelson a guard, don't have a problem with that either. Well, this is also supposed to be a deep, one of the deepest drafts for offensive tackles. Um, however, I am more of a fan hear me out here folks i am more of a subscriber to the idea of signing a trent williams or i guess if you can get him for somewhat cheap the orlando brown trade 
Um, because I personally enjoy the idea with the Colts having a variety of needs that since we still have that first round pick now, the New Orleans Saints are in a predicament where they have no money and they've got a promising young cornerback who needs to get paid. And I enjoy the idea of saying we're going to send over our first round pick and sign and extend Marshawn Lattimore, similarly to what we did with DeForest Buckner. And now we've got Marshawn Lattimore outside. We signed Trent Williams. Um, we have Carson Wentz at quarterback. We probably, we'd probably let Mac walk. I'm hoping to all goodness that we re-sign T.Y. Hilton. Um, and then bring in like a, um, Allen Robinson or, um, I guess that's the first one that comes to mind is Allen Robinson. Um, but even if you draft, like you're never going to have a bad draft of receivers, I think for at least the next 10 years, just the way the positions have gone. Um, draft one of the receivers in the second round. We still have our second round pick um, to come in. But I, I am, I am personally a fan of the first goes to Marshawn Lattimore. You either make a small trade or sign for Orlando Brown or sign Trent Williams. And you go from there. Yeah, I, I, Definitely uh, understand where you're going with this. Here's the thing, though. We're talking about bringing in – you're talking about bringing in Marshall Lattimore, bringing in Trent Williams, Allen Robinson. I mean, we have a lot of salary cap room, but at the same time, those guys would shrink that room very quickly. And you got to remember, we are eventually going to have to pay Darius Leonard, eventually oh, going to have to pay Quentin Nelson. And so if we have a if we shrink what little draft or not draft salary cap we have, we won't be able to sign those guys. And so it I think it's very important to keep doing what uh, Chris Bally does and just continue to build in the draft and then get a player of need if you can. Such as I do see the Colts bring in Williams. I do see that. But if the Colts need a let's say a corner, they're probably going to try and get one in the draft. If they need a receiver, they're probably going to try and get one in the draft. No, I'm cool with the receiver coming in the draft. The corner I have reservations on because right now we have Rocky scene and he hasn't worked out and we're going to lose Xavier Rhodes. And those were our two starters last year. We need corner help. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And honestly, Rose was not that Rhodes was good for about the first quarter of the season. That's what I'm saying, though, is Rhodes wasn't good, but he's also not going to be there next year, and he was our starter. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but we do do have Kenny Moore. Who's a slot corner. He can play outside. He he can definitely play outside. He can, but his specialty is slot. See, here's the thing about specialty. The specialty is where someone exceeds the most. So I like to put people in positions where they're going to succeed the most. See, it's like it's like I like to put people where it's going to help the team the most. 
See, I see that's the same thing with Quentin Nelson. I don't want to put him at tackle because I know his specialty is at guard and he's going to have his best performance at guard. But if he's going to help the team more at tackle, I'm going to put him at tackle. Maybe in an emergency situation, that's not my day one plan. It's all it's all about what helps the team more. But I think at corner your argument is a little bit more valid just because I never played secondary. I never played corner and I'm sure it's a little bit different with interior corners than outside corners. I do think there's a little bit of a stronger, stronger argument there. Point being, I do think we need help in the secondary and I just don't know if I want to spend a whole lot on it. See, that's what, see what I'm thinking is usually in a salary cap, you've got room to pay. I don't know. Six, seven guys, big money. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking if you're paying Carson Wentz, decent money. And if you're paying um, Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, decent money, which they've got, what, two years left before we have to pay them? Mm-hmm. So even then, like, cornerbacks, I don't think usually get long-term deals. You could extend Lattimore to, like, a two-year deal or something and have it be up when but you gotta remember we're also playing paying ryan kelly a lot and we're paying deforest buckner a lot yeah so nelson leonard wince what sorry nelson leonard wince buckner kelly so that's five you got room for a couple more we'll, we'll have to see how it pans out but you know we we would still need to sign a receiver, and then if Ty we draft back, a receiver, draft a receiver. Okay, okay. I just I need a guy in the secondary because our secondary looks sorry sometimes last season. It did, it, especially in the later half of the season. So I need a guy back there. I want I need a corner who I can just say you guard that guy, and the other ten guys can do whatever. Man, what was the last time the Colts had a shut-down corner? Probably Vontae. Mm-hmm. He was good. Er, Don't get me wrong. He er, was really early, good. Early in his – not in the last – all I know is, Ben, here's all I know. Vontae was a 96 overall in that. And that's oh all you need goodness. to know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we could bring in Richard Sermon if you don't want Mar- Marshawn. Okay, let's say, let's take a lot more. Oh my gosh! I knew. See, I knew that would get him on my side, but I'm still not happy hearing it. <laughs> no Sherman, no. Uh, but Colts run a lot of zone, though, right? I I think they run the Tampa zone. Yeah. Yeah. So so Sherman would probably thrive in that because he's a zone corner. Well, in no way, shape, or form do I want Richard Sherman on the team. So, your I don't know what your deal is, Ben. I'm the best corner in the game. Sorry, receiver left Crabtree. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that. I mean, he wasn't wrong. Dude, act professional. Dude, he just went to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, and that was not a celebration. That was an attempt to trash that. Okay, we're not getting into this. Point is, I don't like Richard Sherman. Ben. Really do not like him. It's sad. It's sad, Ben. I don't. I don't understand you. I mean, 
Um, let's see. What do we got next? Oh, right before we leave here, story came out. Michael Pittman Jr. has said that Carson Wentz will not be getting his number. Michael Pittman Jr. currently wears the number 11. He's been on the team one year. He caught 503 yards and one touchdown last year. And he says that Carson Wentz will not receive the number 11 from him. Yes, I heard that story. And I actually I saw the headlines, and then I actually read the story. Him and Carson Wentz have already talked about it. Carson Wentz asked Pittman, do you want to continue wearing the number 11, or would you be willing to part ways with it? Pittman said, I would like to continue wearing number 11. And Carson Wentz was like, fine, that's cool. And so that's how the conversation went. And then Pittman went on Good Morning Good Morning Football on NFL Network and said, I'm wearing number 11 because the hosts were continually trying to press Pittman into saying, would you ever give up number 11? Would you ever, ever give up number 11? And he was like, I'm number 11. And it was frustrating to watch and read that story because they're making Pittman out to be a bad guy. They're trying to cause unnecessary drama. Carson Wentz will not be number 11. In fact, I think it's even better for Carson Wentz not to be number 11. Don't associate yourself with that franchise, Philadelphia, that gave you that number. Like, just completely new chance for Carson Wentz to restart and revamp. It is completely fine. There is no drama. Carson Wentz will be fine. Pittman will be fine. The Colts will be fine. So I want to preface this by saying I largely agree with everything you just said, but for the sake of argument, does does Michael Pittman not know who's going to be throwing him the ball? Like, if your quarterback wants your number and you want to be throwing the ball – Look, I get it. <laughs> and also, but, if if you caught 500 yards, 40 catches, 500 yards, and one touchdown last year, do you really have a, a have a strong stake in this organization? But let's let's remember this. Pittman, he didn't really have a good strong start to the season. No, he didn't. But he but he became one of Phil Rivers' favorite targets by the end of it. Uh, Maybe not. Actually, no. I would say it's one of his favorite targets. Pittman had. Like, what, what was it, T.Y.? Was it Jack Doyle? Paris Campbell? Oh, wait, he never played. Um, it was Paris Campbell until he got hurt. Yeah, so. <laughs> I thought he liked Pascal. He liked Pascal. Yeah, he liked him. So I, th- I think an argument could be made for Pascal, but I think Pittman, I think we're going to see Pittman evolve here a little bit. That's why I was a little, that's another thing I was kind of eerie about on, getting a wide receiver I'm like I don't know if we necessarily need one we do need one and here's why the Pascal would not be a receiver on any other roster the TY if TY leaves we desperately need one Paris Campbell will just get hurt again that who I else do we with. have I think if we get Hilton and uh Pittman Jr and I already heard that Chris Ballard wants to bring back Pascal I no, I could see why you bring him back, but I don't want him being my third guy or my. I, I I'd like him coming off and you know 
rotations. You're right. Marcus Johnson needs to be the number three guy. Oh my gosh. No, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's draft another young guy who can play slot and outside. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, second and who round doesn't, or fourth and, round. And Pittman gets hurt, Hilton gets hurt, and Campbell plays a quarter a season. So uh, let's get someone who might be able to play for 16 games. All right, fine, fine. And, like, but... honestly, honestly, in this receiver room, the best ability that I'm looking for in this receiver room is availability. Well, the problem is T.Y.'s only gotten hurt uh, like one, one every or two year. Times. He doesn't get hurt every year. Yeah. You haven't been watching. I every absolutely... year, every year, T.Y. gets hurt or he plays through injury and he's not as good. Okay, okay. That, that's completely different. But T- he's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt, but he's still the number one target when he's playing with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Why does our number one target have to have a high ankle sprain to still be the number one target? (laughs) I mean, hey, if he's tough enough to keep it up, that's fine with me. But I do. He's not. His routes suffer. His routes suffer. The production suffers. I mean, he could have fooled me with that season. But anyway, that was back when we still had Andrew Luck. Um, I do hope if we do bring T.Y. Hilton back, we can see an older, like, the old version of T.Y. Hilton with yeah. Carson Wentz, having a little bit more mobility. Being able to uh, throw the f- ball farther downfield. Yeah. And so I do – I am optimistic on that, that Hilton will once again – uh bring up his productivity. We might be able to get Alshon Jeffrey for close to nothing. I mean, yeah, he would be for close to nothing. Do I think we'll bring him in? Probably not. I'm no, not I sure. don't think we will either, but you could also probably get Deshaun Jackson for close to nothing too. Deshaun Jackson's had a lot of injury problems over the years. Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's had a rough couple of years here. I, I don't know. I don't know if everyone in that Eagles organization is just, got it bad with Carson Wentz. Like, I don't know what his – if if it's just, like, the coach, like him and the coach, or if it's, like, him and everybody. From what I saw, Alshon Jeffrey was, you know, giving praises to Carson Wentz after getting traded. You know. I, I, see, what I'm thinking is if Alshon Jeffrey, if you can get him for next to nothing and Carson Wentz isn't ticked off at him, like, that's someone who he's been with. Alshon Jeffrey, regardless – you know, he's not what he used to be, but he's still – he's a huge guy. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him in Chicago and thinking that guy's hands make that football look like it's a Nerf ball. Like <laughs> that's, and, and you know who else is available? Zach Ertz. And I've been saying I like Zach Ertz this whole time. And he's probably not going to be super expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there was a lot of rumors that the Colts, that in order for the Colts to pay the Eagles price, they were going to have to tack on Zach Ertz and the Eagles weren't having it. Like the oh, to, to do two first, they'd want Wentz yeah. and Ertz. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. I don't. I still don't think it would be worth it, but, yeah, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if I get Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, yeah, I, I, I might go for two first. Uh, I don't know. That, seems, that still seems like a lot. And considering you get Wentz for a third and a second, am I really saying that Ertz is worth, <laughs> you know, two rounds up and a round up? Oh, maybe. I don't know. 
But um, he's top tier tight end. He, yeah, but not what he was. Um, yeah. So that's Colts. Um, if if you're feeling like this episode might be a long one, I would say it might be, but that's the biggest topic, and it's really the only topic that has that sort of depth to it. Yep. <laughs> it is not my intention to keep this show going forever. So, <laughs> um, one one name that got brought up with Indianapolis before the Carson Wentz trade was, um. The quarterback out in Seattle, who was not uh, typically uh, terribly happy with his current situation, uh, the talks there have since kind of died down a bit. Um, but I still think both sides aren't completely resolved yet. Um, but Russell Wilson came out. He did a, I think it was Dan Patrick, and uh, did an interview. And for the first time in Russell Wilson's career, he didn't say, I love my team, go Hawks. He said, I'm not happy with uh, the protection. I'm getting hit too much. Um, am I going to be a free agent? I don't know. That's for the Seahawks to decide. Like, Or am I available for trading? I don't know. Ask the organization. Um, so anytime Russell Wilson deviates from the go Hawks, that would uh, seem to suggest that maybe he's thinking he wants out. Um, there is the, they fired. So this was the first year that the Seahawks really embraced the let Russ cook strategy. They largely for the previous years in his career have been run it, run it. Is it third and long? Okay. Give it to Russ. Is it third and short? Run it again. Um so I think Russell Wilson maybe enjoyed having more responsibility in the offense, more control over it. Uh, they fired the offensive coordinator over philosophical differences uh, between him and Pete Carroll, um, which I don't know if Russ's team took that as a shot, uh, given that the main strategy was to give the ball to Russell Wilson. Uh, so Russell Wilson's team came out and said, well, we got a philosophical issue with how I get sacked all the time. Um <laughs> So, I mean, right now, the Seahawks are currently constructed. They're not a great team. Um, Russell, I don't – and I'm not sure what happened at, what, week seven, whatever, that turned that team into the exact opposite of what it was for the first six weeks. Um, but, I mean, if, if Russell Wilson's not happy, I mean, that's a guy – this is him and Deshaun Watson. These are guys that are worth like six first round picks to be traded. Uh, yeah, uh, completely agree there. From what I heard, there was a report that came in today that last week, over a third of the league called Seattle and asked about uh, Russell Wilson's availability for like a, for trading. So that was a very very interesting story. Um, and so I don't know what's quite going on there in Seattle. I don't know. Seattle kind of wants is deciding whether they want to jump in the lava with 
Houston and Philadelphia. Or if they want to be smart and hold on to Russell Wilson and build around him. Because right now, it seems like they're towing that line there. You don't get rid of Russell Wilson. He's one of the he, – he's the best player to ever come out of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, there's, there aren't too many people that you can even throw in the conversation. Yeah, I'm th- right off the top of my head, I think Sherman, Alexander. Um, Wagner. And maybe Hasselbeck. Yeah. And, you know, but the fact that it, it makes all the difference in the world that Russell Wilson is the quarterback. Yeah. And that's why I would say he is better than all those other guys. And it's like a lot of teams, they're, they're struggling right now because they either have a quarterback that doesn't want to be there or they don't have a quarterback. Seattle has the quarterback, okay? They have a top a top five quarterback, maybe top ten if you're thinking. I'm sorry, you, Ben. I'm going to stop digit. you there because top five was generous enough. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> I was going for there. But some people would want to take his numbers and try to manipulate it to where he's not top five. And I'm like, okay, top well. five was generous. I was I was willing to say top three. Okay, we're not getting into the top ten list here. <laughs> but yeah, point is, they have a franchise guy, and if you mess this up, Pete Carroll's out of a job. The general managers have a job. And basically, Seattle has to reboot after having back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, like similar to the Eagles situation. Well, yeah, the, the, the Seahawks are a little further removed from those Super Bowls. I mean, you still have the same coach, same quarterback, and I mean, I just mean from a time perspective. I I, I know, but it's just you don't it have the Legion. Like, it feels of- like Seattle is still a little bit more in touch with those Super Bowls than the Eagles are. Yeah, but they don't have the Legion of Boom anymore. Well, I think part of that is the way Pete Carroll has run that organization. Oh, shots fired. I mean, ask Earl Thomas. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, Earl, I don't know. Earl Thomas seemed to be not wanted anywhere last year. I don't know. Last year, that is true. But when he left the Legion of Boom, he was not happy with Pete Carroll. Oh, that's true. Well, he he didn't specify who he was directing that gesture towards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but regardless, I, I think Seattle needs to tread very carefully. Otherwise, they are going to hop right into the lava pit that see it, uh, that uh, the Eagles and Texans are in right now. I tell you what, if we finish this offseason and Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and I forget who else. If they're all – Sam Darnold, if they're all on different teams, <laughs> that'll be maybe the craziest offseason we've seen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, last year it was either are you getting Tom Brady or are you getting like Phil Rivers? Now it's like – Everybody's available. Yeah. Except Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Except Mahomes. Okay. You got me there. Because everyone's trying to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> the well, uh the Tampa Bay defensive line had no problems with that. 
We don't need to. Okay. So I'm a, a, a topic that just came to my mind as we're talking quarterbacks. Just it, it came up in recent days. Um, and it's relevant because uh, this team is always relevant. And that's the Dallas Cowboys are talking about franchising Dak again, um, which seems counter to what they said they were going to do when he initially got hurt. They were like, oh, we know this is the guy. We're going to lock him up, which is also what they said. Um, the previous season, Ben, if I have to spend another year hearing about Dak Prescott's contract, I might lose my mind. <laughs> I, either trade him or sign him long-term. Those are the options, Dallas. I completely agree with you. And I completely agree with you for this reason. One, I didn't care before. I don't <laughs> care now. And yet, for some reason, everyone loves to keep talking about it. Like, this <laughs> has just dragged on and on and on. <laughs> I'm like, the guy's never going to be your 99 overall quarterback. No. But at the same time, he's not a bad quarterback. Okay? So just sign him or let him walk. Yeah. You can find a replacement. It's not that hard. Here's one thing that I that popped in my head as soon as you brought up the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm like, I don't trust the ownership whatsoever. And what I think of the Dallas Cowboys ownership, I think of them as current politicians. They are going to say whatever makes the fans feel good. But in all reality, it's an absolute mess and dumpster fire. Which, which is perfectly fine with me. Nothing would make me happier than Dallas just being mediocre. The only, well, let me actually correction. I would like Dallas to be good simply because we are all forced to watch them every week. So I would at least like to watch good football. If, oh, I'm, yeah. if that's what I'm being forced to watch. Yeah. If I'm forced to sit through another Cardinals and Cowboys Monday night football game, I might gouge my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I mean, they. I mean, they pushed the limits this year. They did get moved out of a couple spots. They pushed the limits this year. But knowing Jerry Jones, he's going to sweet talk his way back into those prime time games, and then the NFL's just going to have to move him out again. Well, the, I mean, without a doubt, they will be put back in the. I don't think he's going to have to sweet talk him at all. The NFL recognized the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest brand in sports outside of maybe the Yankees. Um. I, so they're going to get the spots. It's just a matter of can we at least put something worth watching? I just – I get tired of it. Mix it up. I want to see other teams. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, um, I, honestly, I kind of want to watch the Jaguars. I would watch want to watch the well, Jaguars next year over the Dallas Cowboys. I want to see if Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer work. I, I am more interested in that. I don't – I think the Jaguars will have at least one primetime spot due to the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence effect. Um, I don't mind the Jaguars as much just because of the Jaguars, but the, um, but I'll also get to see him twice as a Colts fan. I mean, I know that's me not thinking of everyone else and that's just how it's going to be here, but the, um, If, if Dallas is good, I don't mind seeing them a couple times. But I don't want to see them every week, especially if they're bad. <laughs> yeah, and 
me throwing out the Jaguars was more or less well, the, just insulting to Cowboys fans. Yeah, uh, yes, so. yes, yes. That's that is that did serve that purpose. Um, <laughs> and outside of the primetime spots, even the four o'clock slot, because that Dallas will get that if they're not prime time. I just mix it up a little bit. Just give me. So I want to see Justin Herbert and the Chargers more than once a year. Mm-hmm. I want to see. Uh, I mean. Can't with Mahomes, Kansas City's kind of locked up. Um, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, hold your roll. Um, uh, <laughs> he, the, those games were entertaining. The when I, Burrow played, those games were entertaining. I I didn't see any of them, and Joe Burrow cannot save what is around him. Um, but give me. I'm trying to think. Give me more of the Dolphins, who were ten and six, and are young and improving. With two, maybe give me give me more of the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Give me more of, um, maybe you come back this year. Give me more of the Niners, Nick Bosa, and uh, you know, depending on what works out over there, they might have Jimmy G. They might have someone better. Um, they're not going to have someone worse. I know that, um, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me some more storylines of people that I would like to see around the league, as opposed to just showing me Dallas and having me see the highlights of everyone else. At this point, give me Adam Gase and the no. New York Jets over the no. Cowboys. no. No, Ben, I, that's I'm a sick. step. That is a bridge too far, Ben. I am sick of the Cowboys. They are first. Their fans are absolutely delusional, thinking they're a Super Bowl team when they're never when they are never a Super Bowl team. Every and year, just, hey. and they're always in the news, and they never deserve it. Every year, the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. If you ask anybody in the media or their fans. I've heard it every NFL season, and every NFL season, they don't come close. Yeah, remember when <laughs> Nick Wright thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl? We we like to – I mean, A.J. Hawk thought it too. Let's, let's not let's – Oh, spread my blame goodness. Let's spread it around. Let's not I mean, focus in on certain don't get, people. Don't get me wrong. I was wrong on the Cowboys. I thought they'd I be thought better they were, than what they were going to be. I thought they were going to be eight and eight, just like they are every other year. But no, they were way worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> give me the Falcons. Give me the Saints with Jameis. Give me the. Give me the. Don't give me Tampa. Give me Carolina. Yeah, give me Carolina. Give me the Texans. I want to see a Texans Eagles game next year. I. If Deshaun is not there, that is the last thing I want to see. Hey, every so often, the immediate watch some old classic Thursday night football hot, hot garbage. I mean, That's true. That would be a prime. <laughs> that would be prime Thursday night football. A Deshaun Watsonless Texans versus the Carson Wentzless Eagles, and everyone else-less Eagles. Eagles at this point. Um, okay, I just I don't I don't know, Dax. I do you think just one more point on Dak before we before we. Uh. Just what do you think he is more willing to take any long-term deal that is offered since he got hurt 
or will he go with the franchise again and risk it again? I mean, if you're asking- let's in total transparency, I don't blame the Cowboys. I didn't think their offer to him last year was that bad. Oh, no, it was like five years, 180 million. Like, it it didn't seem that bad to me. Yeah. So, if I'm Dak, I would have accepted the Cowboys initial. That's what I'm saying. If you don't, you know, you're, you're gambling. He lost the gamble. Does he gamble again? I don't know. Frankly, I don't think he's that good to be gambling again. I didn't think he was that good to gamble the first time. Now, initially, he was winning his gamble. Like, they were losing games, but he was putting up some pretty good numbers. In garbage time. That that could be true. However, with, did they come back and beat that Falcons that one game? No. they Remember the Falcons? They, they, it was that onside kick, and the Falcons, they didn't pick it up or whatever, and the Falcons got it, and they lost, I thought. Or no, no got- the Falcons screwed it up because the Falcons, I'm sorry, these are two sorry teams, and I mixed them up. The Falcons didn't pick up the onside kick, and they won. You can always remember the Atlanta Falcons by blowing the lead, okay? So, but yeah, it wasn't garbage time, but Dak Prescott was able to use the garbage time to come back and win. So, it's it's whatever at this point. I don't think Prescott is that good to gamble on himself. So, I'd say take the contract and – Please, please, let's get this over with. It's not that big of headlining news if he signs. <laughs> I mean, everyone else is going to think so, but I'm not. There is a there is a rumor. Just going back real quick, I just keep I keep remembering stuff. Does Carson Wentz just drop a one and wear the number one jersey in Indianapolis? And how do you feel about that? I would love to see Pat McAfee bring Carson Wentz onto his show and like have Pat McAfee give this like apology to say, sorry, I disrespected you about coming to Indianapolis. Here's what I'll offer to you. I want you to wear my number one in <laughs> as a Colt. And then I would just love that whole shebang there. Carson Wentz accepting it. And then, you know, you get those number one jerseys that I've actually had that thought, not going to lie. So that I'm not against. I see Carson Wentz as not more of like a 17 though. I don't know. A Philip Rivers? I mean, don't get me wrong. Not a single cult player has really solidified 17. Like, honestly, when I think 17, I'm still thinking of Austin Collier for crying out loud. Yeah, that's, what I, that's who I was about to say. I thought maybe a number nine. I don't even remember the last time someone wore number nine on Indianapolis. Yeah, but here's the thing with me. I was thinking like a single-digit number, I think, is what Wentz kind of strikes me more as. That isn't – you know, he can't be 18. He can't be 12. He can't can't be 19. He can't be 13. Um, And Pascal's 14. Mm -hmm. Campbell's 15. Um, 16 doesn't look right. Yeah, 16 is not a good number. I could see um, 17. I'm sorry, 16. Not We're not all the 16 fans. No slander here. Um, hey, I 16 just, looks good on some guys, okay? It yeah. does look good. Yeah. I just I, – I think of him more as a single-digit guy. Like, he's a 9 or a 7 or a 5 or 
a three or uh, see, I don't like one because I feel when I think of one, aside from the generic jerseys that everyone gets for anything, I think of Pat McAfee. Yeah. And, and that's where I see it kind of fitting, you know, that that would be the only case where I'd like to see him number one. I just don't like seeing number one as a quarterback Jersey. It just looks weird. Um, there's number one on the field, number one in your heart. Yeah, yeah. One I, of the I, greatest I, movies of all time. I know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like 17. I could see nine. I could see eight. Maybe seven. Well, I think is eight might be – what's Rigoberto? It might be eight. I don't know. I think he's eight. And I think Blankenship's three. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to – I don't want him anything less than five. He might be able to pull off five. I don't I think know. He can pull off a two. Maybe it, it would take some time to warm up to it, though. <laughs> uh, warm up to it, you know. That is the weakest thing I've ever heard. It was unintended, I swear, but I just saw it. It had to be. There was no way someone (laughs) intends that to be a joke. My gosh. Most people wouldn't even point it out as a potential thing that happened unintentionally. Uh, Oh, my word. That was terrible. That ruins the show, man. Well, let's naturally, just say it, naturally, that has to get left in, and if anything, that's going to get separately clipped and be our promotion for it. <laughs> let's just say I made it made my night. So <laughs> that's the only person who's happy about that. No one else is happy about that, Ben. Okay, mm-hmm. JJ Watt. Now, I know what you're thinking. Everyone just thinks, Bo. Every free agent that comes out, you say, come to the Colts. And you're right, because I think J.J. – I would love to have J.J. Watt here in Indianapolis. And I don't think J.J. Watt would be necessarily opposed to it. I do think the leading candidates right now are uh, either going to be Green Bay or Pittsburgh. Um, Apparently, the betting favorite is Cleveland, which I just think would be a massive finger to the – his brothers. But – I mean, I think the, it's either Green Bay, he's from Wisconsin, he can win there, or Pittsburgh and play with his brothers. Um, you know, there's a couple other options. I would love him on the Colts. If you just imagine real quick, just imagine with me. You have Buckner, J.J. Watt, Danico Autry. You don't need a secondary. You got Darius Leonard behind him. Like that, you're not doing anything. Now, here's where I'm going to tell you, and I think you're going to get pretty psyched about this. According to the Indie Colts fan page on Instagram, it says the Colts are being aggressive and pursuing J.J. Watt this offseason. He is a, quote, high priority for the Indianapolis Colts, per Jason Spears. Can I get two claps and a Ric Flair? (laughs) Woo! (laughs) And I am not against it. I... Like, I Justin think, Houston out, JJ Watt in. Yeah, nothing against Justin Houston. He served his purpose, fulfilled his contract. I am. <laughs> He's old. <laughs> I, I think Justin Houston came in and did his job, and I am 
completely satisfied with what he has done in his time at Indianapolis. Yes. But I think J.J. Watt get, makes us younger. I think he's a bigger threat than Justin Houston. And I think he's just as one, well, honestly, just as good would kind of be an insult. But he's great leadership skills. Justin Houston was a good leader. But I think J.J. Watt is just that much better of a leader than Justin Houston. And so I think J.J. Watt brings a lot to the Colts defense. And, and honestly, I don't if, think – I don't think anyone in particular is mad at JJ if he comes to Indianapolis. If he goes to Cleveland, JJ hates his family. Like that's the story. I don't even know why he would go to Cleveland, to be honest. But <laughs> I don't know either. But apparently, that's where the bet, the odds makers have put Cleveland. He's a four out of five or whatever. I mean, you know, sometimes Vegas just sometimes Vegas is stupid. Okay. Most of the time they're smart, but sometimes, sometimes they're, they're just stupid. trying to make some money. Yeah. If it, they got the public thinks Cleveland. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. I don't so, know why the public's thinking Cleveland, but I don't know. For some reason, everyone's just hopping on the Cleveland bandwagon, but anyway, so I'm not, I'm not against you on this boat. I completely agree. I'd love to see JJ wise a cold. If we don't get him, am I going to be upset? Not really, but if we get him, I'm going to be psyched. I mean, we do need we do need someone edge. We do need some like another. We got Buckner right now, mm-hmm. and we got and we got to re-sign Autry. Yeah, and honestly, Kamiko Ture needs out the door. That is Ture a lineman. I thought he was an edge rusher. I get confused. He doesn't play enough guys. to be relevant, though. But I mean, no, yeah, exactly. Who's the guy? Who's the safety? Blackman Willis. Kari Willis. He's okay. good. Yeah. I get, I get, I, it's two K's. Ture, you know, Kamiko Ture, Kari Willis. It's whatever. Um, the, yeah, I don't know what Ture is doing at the moment. Um, he's a decent rotation guy. See, this is why I don't leave it. Um, this is why I suggest free agents. I have faith in Ballard, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have Teray, and we have Campbell, and we have who is who else were we talking about? <laughs> we have Teray, and we have Campbell, and someone else who hasn't really worked out. And so I don't want to leave it all up to the draft because the draft is, in a sense, I mean, you take your best shot. Yeah, I mean, Chris Ballard, as good as he is, he has not hit every pick. Yeah. That's now, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Last draft, don't he come did after fantastic. Me. Last yeah. draft, he did fantastic. And His first draft, it, he did fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the one two years ago, I don't think was that good. Like it, it wasn't I, bad, but it wasn't that good. I mean, the, he got we got ranked. I think the second straight year as having the best draft in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but not all of them have hit, and so that's that's all I'm saying. Don't don't hate. I'm just saying they don't all hit. And here's, you know, JJ Watt's a good guy. Yeah. Like, bring him in. Yeah. You know, he's going to come in, be good on the defense front. And honestly, he's going to be good for the city. He might win another Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to hope he doesn't get hurt. That's the only, that's my only concern with JJ Watt. And, and if we need to, bring in some rookies and make him a rotation guy. I have no problem making him a rotation. 
Yeah. Houston, well, Houston and, was rotation and he still got made plays. I mean, yeah. Well, and, but that's my only concern with JJ. I would, I would want a stipulation in that contract. You got to play like the Carson Wentz got to play 70% of the snaps or whatever, mm-hmm. or you get a, you know, to make this much or whatever. Um, Put some incentives in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, JJ, Vincent Jackson. I was surprised to hear this. I don't know if you were. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everyone was surprised to hear it, but yeah. Um just he has his name, not a guy who's been out in the media much. And um Vincent Jackson, a former wide receiver in the NFL, is uh died at 38 earlier in the past week, and he was found um in a Florida hotel. The family told the detectives that. Uh, they believe that he suffered from chronic alcoholism and concussions, and they donated his brain to the Boston University CTE Center in an effort to learn more um, about if this was, you know, football-related, concussion-related, stuff like that. Um, it seems it's it's tough because it seems like every few years you get a story like this. Mm-hmm. Um I I distinctly remember waking up one morning in junior when Junior Seau um had committed suicide. Um and obviously we don't know the full details. Uh, that's what I told you is all that I heard about this. I, you know, we don't know what the cause was. We don't know um all we know is that it didn't seem like anyone had broken in. Um and he was just found in his room there. Um I mean, 38. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's young. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's not, I don't know. There's not a whole lot you can say about it, but it's. Yeah, like, there, there isn't much to say. I, mean, I just remember watching the guy play. Uh, the, the guy was, he was one of the more aggressive wide receivers out there. Like, was really go up and get it. He really uh, laid the hits out there, you know. And, you know, if he, you know, I don't, there's, there's just not a whole lot to say, but I, I respected the man. I always thought I enjoyed him. I, I just thought he was a good player. Uh, I remember pulling out, uh, when I heard about it, pulling out the old Madden games and, seeing Vincent and Jackson in those games. And I'm like, dang, rip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it's just hard to believe 38 years old. And he was, he was a phenomenal whiteout. He was a number one for Tampa. He was number one for the Chargers. I mean, he was, he was great wherever he went. When I think of Vincent Jackson, the, the, the receiver that's playing today that I think of is Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. And I think, I believe Evans was there like towards the end of Jackson's career. It was like the beginning of Evans' career into Jackson's, if I'm remembering yeah. right. And yeah. so I find that I find that kind of interesting. Um, you know, if that's somehow passed on in some sort of way. Not obviously I'm not trying to say like life, but like just in in the style of football play. Mm-hmm. Um, if Vincent Jackson's skill set kind of gets passed on through Mike Evans. Um, and how that, um, generationally for the football careers works, but I mean, it's, 
I mean, they got to figure something out. This, I mean, this is something. Like I said, it's every few years you get a former player who dies tragically way too early, young, way too young, and it's not. Um, you know, we've had a couple where where it's like, oh, someone broke in and attacked them or whatever. But every few years you get this story, and it's not like someone did something. It's just they did it to themselves. Um, and the league's got to figure out something of what it's doing. I know the efforts have been made and um, whatnot. Um, but there's got to be some sort of process that's figured out here to be able to take care of the former players and current players. Yeah, that is you're 100% right there. And I think you know, a lot of this push on the concussions, the problems that NFL has been dealing with, that push has kind of started in, like, the early, like, 2010s mm-hmm. around that era. And Vincent Jackson, he it was, was – I remember right after Junior Seau, that was when the, flip, like, switch flipped, and it was like, here's the focus. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, Vincent Jackson, a lot of his career was played in the early 2000s. And so a lot of those helmet to helmet 15 yard penalties, they just weren't called. And, you know, that was, it was a part of the game at that point. So you never know how much those actually factor in. And, you know, and not to mention, it's not just what you see on the field is, you know, what's being done in practice as well. Mm. And what he's honestly doing to his body throughout his entire life. I mean, he's, you know, they're playing this game. They're putting on helmet and shoulder pads in fourth grade. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, we, I just talked about this at work today. We, we had a, we have a sports program and um, one of the sports that has been a part of it is flag football. And we've canceled flag football because we can't get people to sign up because parents are pulling their kids. They don't want to play in any kind of football. Um, They don't want to play in flag football and having that turn into tackle football or whatever, because they're worried about this concussion thing. Um. I don't know what the solution is as far as that's concerned. Cause I, I mean, I feel like there is a play. I mean, obviously you played football through high school. Um, I think there is a place where this game can be played. Yeah. But what do you do about parents with concerns about their kids ever even getting involved with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, as luck would have it, I actually gave a presentation about this very topic uh, last week. And I think one of the things that you need to take in consideration is a lot of these major injuries that you see are from athletes at the professional level. You're not really going to get these injuries um, from the peewee leagues to high school because the game is a lot slower. Now, that being said, you know, it kind of contradicts what I said earlier. And what I was saying you know, when you put the helmet and shoulder pads on a fourth grade and you're going all the way through high school, through college into the professional level, that's going to take a toll on your body. But, you know, in my case, you know, I was fortunate never to get like severely hit in the head or whatnot. Uh, I didn't really see it that often in high school football. If I ever even saw it at all. Uh, I know one of my friends got a concussion, but that's about it. And you know, when you're going through peewee league to high school, that it's it's a fairly safe game 
to that regard. Now, when you start going into the college level, when you start going into the professional game, that's when these, uh, you know, these kids turn into adults and they're not just, you know, your typical adult, they're like superhumans for crying out loud. Like they're running faster than most humans. They're uh, build stronger than most humans and they're throwing their bodies at other players. And the body just isn't meant to withstand that kind of beating and so it's really dangerous for those athletes in college and in a professional level. Um, but whether, you know, if you're worried about, you know, younger kids, it can happen. Okay. There's always risk in whatever sport you do, but it's really not as dangerous as what people are making it seem like, you know, comparing, comparing the professional league to let's say high school. Okay. Um, one quick note to add on to your point there about the superhumanness and whatever, if you go into Madden and you create a player and you create yourself, you are going to look like completely unrealistic. I mean, that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Shout out Nick Driscoll. Cause he looks the exact freaking same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. I put that I put that guy in my Madden at safety. Looks the ex, it, look, it looks like I took a picture of it. My gosh. Okay. Um Okay, so moving on. Uh Patrick Mahomes, just a couple headlines here. So Mahomes had surgery the Wednesday after the Super Bowl on the toe. Um, I'm sure running for 500 yards before getting sacked or throwing the ball didn't help it. Um, but he did get surgery on that. So he's going to be recovering from that. He also, uh, welcomed the birth of his first child with his fiance, Brittany Matthews. Uh, it is a six pound, 11 ounce girl. Her name is Sterling sky Mahomes. Yeah. Congratulations. You say six pounds. Six pound eleven ounce. Okay, okay. So I guess that's on that's almost, almost seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not not everyone's big as me as a baby, so I mean Yeah. I I I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't get all that. I'm not the doctor. I don't get all that stuff. I'm just I just figure, you know, with like an athlete, uh like Patrick Mahomes, like the child might have weighed a little bit more i don't know i i honestly can't recall what i don't think it matters all that much like i i like whatever baby like i don't know i see see like real thin people that were like 12 pounds when they were born and i see like real heavy people that were seven like i don't think that's that big a deal in the grand scheme of things maybe maybe i mean granted yeah like you i'm not a doctor but it, it, it just kind of surprised me just a little bit. <laughs> um, let's see. And Alex Smith, you'll be interested to hear this one. Oh, I'm already interested. He says that he didn't feel wanted by the organization in his comeback. He said that he felt like he threw a wrench in their plans. They had moved on uh, and they were ready to move on. And by coming back, uh, he screwed up their plans. Well, I believe that to an extent. I, okay. I believe that in the first half of their season, 
Because when he came back, he was probably outperforming Dwayne Haskins and honestly all their quarterbacks. But he was honestly probably still. I don't know if he was outperforming Heineke. (laughs) Heineke was on the practice squad for most of the year. I mean, I don't know. He tore up that Bucks defense. I mean, he's a little bit more mobile, so that gave him a little bit of an advantage there. But anyway, regardless, uh, and so I think Washington was really looking to go with Dwayne Haskins. They drafted him in the first round, uh, and they were like, okay, it's his second year. You know, let's give it a go. You know, I'm excited to see what Dwayne Haskins has. And it's like, Alex Smith's back. Well, we still have him under contract. Well, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, we might be able to cut him. And it's like, well, we can't really cut him. He's, you know, playing just as good as our other quarterbacks, and some other team's going to pick him up. Well, okay. Well, you know, we'll just we'll just sit him at third string or something like that. You know, make him inactive most of the season. Well, Dwayne Haskins sucked, uh, and then Kyle Allen got hurt severely, and then it's like, well, I guess we have no choice but to play Alex Smith. And what do you know? He wins you a division title. So I think Alex Smith is not wrong in thinking that the organiz- that he threw a wrench in the organization's plans, and they were like, we did not want Alex Smith back, but. Do I think the organization looking back, you know, is glad that he came back? Absolutely. I think they appreciate Alex Smith that much more now. But I believe at the beginning of the season, you know, it's more of a hindsight 2020 kind of thing. You know, in the moment, they weren't probably the most thrilled to have him back because they moved on. They drafted their new quarterback. But looking back now, they're like, you know what? I'm actually glad he came back. He won us the division. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's it'd be weird for, I didn't have the full context, but it's just kind of weird to hear Alex Smith say something like this. Yeah, I didn't have the full context of it either, and so I'm sure there's a lot uh, that we're missing here. But but that makes us a media show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what Washington does moving forward because – I'm not sure if they want to continue with Alex Smith as a quarterback. I guess he is up there in age and, you know, he wasn't able to perform in the playoffs. Now, Taylor Heineke did a good job. They might draft another quarterback. I mean, their, their first round pick isn't that low. I mean, it's certainly not high, but it's not that low. Um, you know, it, it, they're going to be a team to keep an eye on because it's like it's a well run organization that just did not have hold a lot on. of talent. Hold on. Hold on. Washington, no, Washington, a well-run organization, Ben, that, no. I'm not giving you that one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think with bringing in Ron Rivera and with the moves that the front office has made, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're heading in the right direction. Ownership, oh, absolutely a mess. I mean, the coaches that they've had had in the past, yes, they were absolutely a mess. But I think with Ron Rivera... And the current general manager, with the moves they've been making, they're moving in the right direction. So they're going to be interesting to uh, watch going forward. Okay. But I- I'll agree with you. In the past, this team was absolutely a dumpster fire. But I think as long, as, long as Dan Snyder owns this team, they have a they have a defined ceiling. I mean, it, I feel like it's the same situation. Well, not the same situation. It's similar to the Colts with Jim Irsay. Like, but the thing no. is, Jim. Jim Hold Irsay, on. If Hold Jim Irsay on. was running the franchise, 
this the Colts would be a dumpster fire, but he's not. Okay, he's the owner. He's not making the decisions. He might step in every once in a while to like I try do, to get Andrew Luck back. I or, will. Uh, I will say I appreciate Ursay. He's the reason Pat was still there because Griggs wanted to get rid of him. He's the reason Reggie was still there because Griggs wanted to get rid of him. Um, because Griggs wanted to get rid of these guys. And Jim Ursay said, "Okay, I, I got to draw a line somewhere." Yeah. Um. I just feel like as long Dan Snyder has his hand too much in it. That that could be a problem. Okay, that I will give to you. When Dan Snyder doesn't have his hand into it, I would leave it with Ron Rivera in the current front front office in terms of like general manager and scouts because they seem to be doing a good job, especially building that defense. Um, let's see. Oh, we got it. We got to touch on this. Right, this is last thing before we leave the NFL. I believe, yeah. The uh, the Bucks had a celebration for their Super Bowl victory. It was a boat parade. It seemed to be, I don't know, maybe not closed to the public, but there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it wasn't your typical Super Bowl parade because of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all on their boats. Brady bought, brought his $2 million yacht uh, out to the party. Um, it was, it got pretty wild. There was, uh, let's see. What was Gronk there? I'm not surprised. Uh, Well, it wasn't Gronk necessarily. I mean, Brady was the one throwing Lombardi's from boat to boat. Um, Devin White was riding a horse and had a title belt. Something, uh, Brady had a little bit too much avocado tequila and was being assisted in walking, uh, afterwards um which i think they all had a little bit too much avocado tequila um i believe i think it was chris godwin lost his phone dropped it in the water or something so they were shouting out verizon to hook him up um i mean it 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 seemed like quite the festivities and it seemed like as opposed to a typical Super Bowl parade where it would be like, this one's for the city. This seemed to be like, this one's for us. <laughs> they also had a lot of talk of, we're coming back next year, and you're coming back next year, and you're coming back next year. And we know that they're not all coming back next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't really have too much on this, not going to lie. I think the only thing that shocked me about it is Brady getting a little tipsy. I mean, <laughs> Every, but I'll t- I mean, really, everything that Brady does outside of not doing anything is different than what we're used to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen Eagles players go start talking about dogs and, you know, just as long as. <laughs> Just as long as it's not the Patriots doing the parade, I guess I don't really have the biggest problem with it. But uh, I don't know. I will say that I ran into some people that uh, have called themselves Colts fans to me, and going into the going into the Super Bowl were saying that they were rooting for Tom Brady, which I I don't I, I don't understand. I, I mean, how? That's ex- that's what I said. Like like. 
give me a reason, okay? Educate me on why you think this is acceptable. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I said, you're all frauds. Like, they act like 2004 and 2003 didn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. Well, shifting over, we're going to – this will be quicker now that we're out of the NFL, but shifting over into the NBA real quick. The All-Star game is coming together. There has been pushback. LeBron doesn't want to do it. Giannis doesn't want to do it. Kevin Durant's hurt. Uh, Aaron Fox doesn't want to do it. No one really wants to do it from a player's perspective. Um, and in their defense, it does seem like an awful lot. Uh, they're trying to cram it all into one night. It's normally a whole weekend. Uh, it would require, you know, they're under these strict protocols that would require like everyone from every team coming together to do it. Um, I think from LeBron's perspective, he's kind of like, okay, I played until mid-October and then started back up in mid-December and I would just like a week off. I wouldn't mind just having a week to not worry about stuff. Um, so the starters for the game have been announced and actually, as we've been talking, the announcement just came in for the reserves. So here's here's what we got. In the West, LeBron James and Kevin Durant are the two captains. Um, Durant's captain of the East, uh, James captain of the West, and they will draft um, their players. So it's not necessarily East and West, but the candidates still come from East and West. Um, And then they'll draft their teams, and it'll be Team LeBron versus Team Durant. So – Your starters coming out of the East are Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Beal, and uh, Irving. And then out of the West, it's James, Leonard, Jokic, Doncic, and Curry. Um, Let's see the reserves. I'm looking at this for the first time. So uh, James Harden uh, is the first, as well as Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um... Let's see. So from the East, it's Harden, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic. Um, Are you telling me not a single pacer made it? Yeah. That's messed up. Really? Are you you're surprised? Yeah, the only, the only one that made it last year was Sabonis, and he's been hurt this year. Miles Turner is in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. That's fair. He is leading the league in blocks. I mean, I'm not asking for a starter, but my goodness, at least a reserve. The Pacers also don't have much. Uh, this is part of this vote. I think it's 50% fan vote. Oh, yeah. Leave it to them to screw up. Okay, continue. Um, let's see. John, do, 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 do. Oh, okay. So here's, yeah. Here's your notable uh, notable exclusions. Jimmy Butler did not make it. 
Bam Adebayo did not make it. Chris Middleton did not make it. Tobias Harris, Fred Van Vliet did not make it. Malcolm Brogdon, DeBontis Sabonis, and Miles Turner didn't make it. Trey Young didn't make it. And Gordon Hayward didn't make it. Now, honestly, Ben, if Jimmy Butler and Trey Young didn't make it, I'm not going to – those would be the first people I'm complaining about. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And, he, and here's another thing. I think it's going to help the Pacers in the long run for those guys not to partake in that event. To get a week off. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Out West, you had Gobert and Mitchell. And then you had Lillard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. Um. Let's see. The noticeable exclusions out West are DeMar DeRozan, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Mike Conley, Brandon Ingram, and maybe the snub of all snubs, Devin Booker. How did he not make it? I, that's what I just said. The snub of all snubs. Fans uh, are stupid. What do you want me to say? I don't. Um, they need to take away the fan vote from all All Star games. That wasn't fix everything. Heck, they gave Giannis the MVP last year. Um, and that's all media. Um, LeBron did tweet. Uh, Devin Booker is the most disrespected player in our league. Simple as that. Um, CJ McCollum uh, echoes the sentiment. The Arizona Cardinals tweeted, even we know that Devin Booker is an all-star. Um, Jared Dudley, do you, uh, how do you say his name? Yusuf Nurchik? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, um, and Kendrick Perkins, who also mentioned Sabonis. Um, respect, respect. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, the the sports world is reacting to the Devin Booker um, snub. I guess I can't believe Julius Randle made it, but that's. I mean, he's having a good year. He's just on an irrelevant team. Um, <laughs> Like the the all star teams need to be made up of the people who determine who is like first team all pro and second team all pro. Well, that doesn't come out to the end of the season. Yeah, but that's developed by a committee, right? Yeah. Yeah. That same committee needs to determine the all star games. Get the okay. media out of it. Get the fans well, out. I think of that it. might be media as well. Because it's the same thing as, like, an all-pro in the NFL. I don't know who all decides all that. Like it, Those are more accurate than the fans anyway. Yeah, I know. I get that. I don't understand how Devin Booker doesn't get in, and I don't understand how, um, if you're talking about defensive player of the year, how – I mean, Miles Turner wasn't even mentioned in the snubs, if that makes you feel any better. Well, <laughs> Whatever, whatever. I mean, it's a good thing they're not. I don't know how they get. I don't know how Nikola Vucevic got in. Uh, 
I mean, it, it's it's best that these players don't get in, just because this whole thing's stupid, anyways. But <laughs> we're still gonna be mad. Hey, Bradley Beal went from getting snubbed last year. Now he's a starter. It, it doesn't matter. It's still ridiculous. <laughs> like, um, let's see. The the Lakers. So Anthony Davis is gonna be out a month. They're being really cautious now. He re-injured. He re-injured his Achilles, and now they're try, they're trying to make sure he's going to be healthy. Um, Dennis Schroeder is also out right now, so the Lakers are hurting. Um, the Timberwolves fired their coach Ryan Sa- Saunders, um, and they asked the Raptors' permission and are proceeding to hire assistant coach Chris Finch to be their new head coach. Oh, he's going to be a game changer. Just like any NBA coach would be, not. I feel like the listeners might need you to elaborate a little more on that, Ben. Okay, well, here's my take: NBA coaches don't really matter that much. They only the most impactful NBA coach. Well, there, there might be two or three of them. Okay, outside of that is basically what talent do you have? Brad Stevens in Boston. I think he makes a huge difference for Boston. Um, who's the heat coach? Spolster. Spolster. I think he makes a difference in Miami. And that's interesting. You bring those two teams up because they're sucking right now. Well, I guess even them like the coaching in the NBA is almost irrelevant. In fact, have you ever heard of Phil Jackson? Okay. The game of basketball is not the same it was 10 years ago, let alone 20 or 30. I'm just – I don't know. Like, I believe coaching in basketball was big back in the day. But now it's all about what stars do you have and what stars do you not have. I mean, Doc Rivers got fired from Clippers. And how are the Clippers doing this year? They're doing better. Better or just as good as last year? They're doing better. I guess, I guess we'll see come postseason. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. But I'm just saying, why why would he get fired if it doesn't matter who's in his spot? Because owners like to blame somebody, and they're not going to blame the player that they just spent billion or not billion millions of dollars on. Well, in LeBron's case, billions. But um, the, <laughs> uh, Miles Turner got a three hundred dollar Venmo request from a disgruntled fan who was blaming him for a loss to the Chicago Bulls. Um, Miles Turner sent the fan a penny with the caption, penny for your thoughts. And since the, that disgruntled fan posted that transaction and Turner has received around $3,500 from fans sending him money through Venmo. Um, and he is, I don't know why, and, but he is sending that all and matching it, uh, to donate to Texas relief. That's awesome. I like that. I thought you would. That's why I included it. <laughs> um, JJ Reddick, here's – tell you what. Some Sometimes these NBA refs think they're the show, man. Um, Joe Crawford, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, JJ Reddick got tossed the other night. If you ask what happened, here's what happened. He drove, got fouled. He then – passed the ball, bounced past the ball to the ref, and the ref threw him out of the game. 
Because apparently the ref thought he was throwing the ball at him or something. I don't know. He threw the ball too hard at me. Like, I understand, like, keeping your cool and, you know, always being, like, respectful in the name of the game and whatnot. But you can, you're, there's a leeway there of expressing frustration. If you get called a foul and you're just kind of like, you're not throwing it at the ref, but you're putting a little bit more oomph on a bounce pass to the official, not looking at him or whatnot or whatnot. I mean, this was just to, a bounce to, pass. This yeah, wasn't not, even. Not trying to intimidate him or anything. That, that There's leeway there, okay? Or maybe, maybe you could have at least given the guy a warning for crying out loud. But. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous right there. We also had a Hornets Warriors wild ending where there was a jump ball with like nine seconds left. Uh, I don't know how to describe this without saying watch the video, but basically what happened was there was a jump ball. Gordon Hayward was around the ball, and when they got on the ground, him and Draymond Green were tied up for another jump ball, and Charlotte was awarded a timeout to give Charlotte possession. Um, Draymond proceeded to get ejected, um, which is just what Draymond does. So then that gave the Hornets a couple free throws, which Terry Rozier hit to tie it up. And then Terry Rozier hit one of the wildest game-winning shots at the buzzer to win the game for the Hornets. I think I did see that video. Now, this is an instance where it's kind of that, like going back to NFL terms, it's the Vontez Burfecht type of thing. You know, if Vontez Burfecht gets a illegal helmet-to-helmet call, he's automatically gone, and it's 15 yards no matter what. Like, it, that's just how it is. And with Draymond Green... No, like, no, 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 no. No, I let me finish here. With Draymond Green, if he does something in terms that is uh, unsportsmanlike, he's going to be automatically gone, and it's going to be no, a technical. No, no, no. That's not how it works, Ben. That's he's how the, it works. Draymond gets a longer leash than everyone else so that he doesn't just get thrown out of every game. He gets thrown out of almost all of them. I know. Just imagine how long that leash is, Ben. Oh, my goodness. Draymond Green. Draymond, I've seen Draymond Green. I've seen Brad Stevens get teed up for yelling one time at a referee. But Draymond Green will do it the entire game and not get thrown out. I, I disagree with you there. Draymond Green is – he's not sought after, but he does not have a long leash, okay? Oh, my gosh. Okay. This man's um, just still bitter that, you know, Draymond Green didn't get thrown out of every game in the finals against LeBron, whichever year it was. I was not complaining. By the way, LeBron beat him. Doesn't matter. Um, well, he I, I'm sure it's the one that they lost to them. I don't know. Whatever. The <laughs> Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, got uh, released from the Rockets earlier today. Um. So he, I don't know if another team will be looking for his services or not. He's a former Olympian, a former all-star. Um, he is similar to Draymond. He gets, he gets a lot of texts. Well, I mean, I'm sure some team will give him a chance, especially a small market team that's looking to get something to happen. 
Not the Pacers, yeah. though. That's not like a Pacer move. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe the Timberwolves. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what all we've covered here. So this is the other category. Um, did we talk about Trevor Bauer? Talk about it. Okay. Dodgers in 2020 NL Cy Young. Oh, yeah, Bauer. yeah, I believe we covered this last week. Basically, okay. basically the Dodgers, if you haven't put money on the Dodgers to win a World Series, just go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, let's see. Michael McDowell avoids crash on final lap to earn first career NASCAR Cup Series win in Daytona 500. This we did not talk about. And honestly, I I didn't watch it live because I had a bowling tournament and then I heard there was like a huge rain delay and whatnot. But yeah, I think it ended at like 1 a.m. or something. Yeah, I did not watch it. But boy, I went and saw the replay on that. That was an insane crash uh, there at the end. Like, if you're not a NASCAR fan, but you watch that moment, you could still appreciate that moment because it was pretty. I wouldn't say it's cool, but like, especially if you're a Joey Logano fan, but it, it was definitely something exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, and apparently, the, you could have put, could have won a lot of money if you bet Michael McDowell to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the odds, if you pick a NASCAR driver to win, even if it's a really good one, you're still going to get very good odds just because <laughs> you have 43 drivers, okay? And so the odds that you're going to pick the winner is is very, you know, it's very improbable. So if you pick a guy like Michael McDowell, which I don't think he's bad, but he's certainly not a top 10 driver. It was his first career win, and I want to say they said it was like his 200-some race. Yeah, so – yeah (laughs) there's no words i can express it like that that's a lot of money right there if you put money on michael mcdowell um it seems the trend in college basketball this year there's i i haven't heard i don't know who i haven't followed it too much i don't know who's number one but i've heard duke is having a down year i've heard kentucky's having a down year all these normally powerhouse teams are having down years yeah Um, the latest trend that i'm seeing is a lot of these athletes at these schools are opting out of the season um like jalen johnson just opted out at duke for the rest of the season to prep for the draft uh i don't know like because a lot of these guys are opting out and my thinking is are these guys even going to be ready for the nba yeah i mean these are the same guys if they could come out of high school they would have Maybe, but like I feel like when we're talking about NBA players, we're still talking about the same guys that we were talking about seven, ten years ago. I mean, that's the LeBron effect. But the the the, I mean, you're gonna tell me Zion wouldn't have been decent coming out of high school. Well, I was told Zion was a prodigy, like the best NBA player to come out of the, like the best college player to come out of the draft in like five years. Yeah, probably about right. So, I mean, like, if you're an NBA outside of maybe Luca, yeah. So you know, I, I Zion, there's an exception, but like, who's gonna win? Work like I don't follow the NBA at all. So like, who's gonna really win Rookie of the Year? 
in the NBA this year. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who was even – oh, LaMelo Ball's probably the front runner right now. And, and that's literally probably in name only. Not that no, he, no, not he, that is, he is playing very well right now. Well, Charlotte is like a sixth seed right now, and they were tr- horrendous last year. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I do think his name is definitely playing a factor in that. No, it's not. I can tell you, I can tell you his play has justified him being the favorite. Okay. No, no that's fair. That's fair. That's a fair argument. But outside of him, like I, Anthony honestly, Edwards is probably next. Like these, these names this aren't, was, these the aren't way, superstars. This, in, by in the, the way, this draft was not a good draft. Just so you know, this previous draft was not a strong draft. Class. And, and, and so I've heard, I, I don't know. I just don't think a lot of these college Wiseman's. Kids, I think Wiseman's doing well over in Golden State. My, my point of view is I don't think a lot of these kids who are going to the NBA are actually ready for the NBA. That's my concern. Zion prodigy. Okay. Like that's an exception, but like a lot of them, I don't, I wonder if they are like there, I think it's getting to the point where it's about five or six are actually ready. I don't know. Um, but like in terms of, uh, in terms of college basketball, the big 10 is actually pretty good this year. Michigan's good. Ohio state's good. Like where did that come from? Like, well, they usually have like they had like that Sullinger guy and Odin and stuff. They usually have like a decent team. They've always been like middle of the pack, but they, I believe, have a top five team. Okay. Year. I just have no idea. Someone asked me today who I would pick to win the tournament, and I said I don't even know who's good and who's not. <laughs> I, be- I believe Gonzaga's number one. If I'm, yeah, but they're not going to win it. They never do. Well, if, if, if there's a year for Gonzaga to win it, it's this year. <laughs> it's a COVID year where everyone you know, else is down. Yeah, th- this is the year for Gonzaga. Um, let's see. In tennis, uh, Naomi Osaka, I think is how you say her name. She defeated Serena Williams in the semis. Um, and then she won the... Uh, I believe she won the whole tournament, the Australian Open. Um, and Novak Djokovic won his ninth career Australian Open, his 18th Grand Slam, two behind Federer and Nadal. Well, congratulations to the winners and unfortunate for Serena Williams. Um. Notre Dame says that they won't be included in the uh, college football launch until the rules are finalized of player compensation. Yeah. I don't quite understand why. Oh, we just been froze. So I'm going to fill in the time here with some talking. Um, Hopefully he comes back soon because I don't want to do this too long, but he is currently still frozen. Um, 
I did hear that the EA game for uh, college football is maybe not as close. Like those rules will probably get done beforehand. Um, And so maybe this is just a PR move by Notre Dame to say, hey, we're on the player's side. Um, But they ultimately know that they will be in the game. So that's what I'm hearing. And I really can't believe that Ben is still gone right now. Um, Oh, here he might be. Is he there? Do I have you back? Oh, you froze. You just froze again, but I can hear you now. And now he's gone again, like completely gone. Um, at least he was on my screen before. Now this is interesting, folks. Um, well, now is he back again? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, awesome. I'm back. Okay, what <laughs> happened? Can- my computer just completely froze. Oh, like completely froze. And so I luckily I was able to like hit the escape button and then exit out and then come back in. But so what do you make of Notre Dame? Okay. So uh, what I was originally saying was, I don't know if this is more of protecting their brand or protecting or, you know, protecting their players. But from what I'm hearing, they don't care what, what happens whether it gets done or not they just want something set in stone before they get into uh before they allow their brand to be in the game yeah that's what i i said i heard that um it is maybe more of a pr move because they the game isn't coming along for a little bit and so they're pretty confident that that will be finalized by the time the game comes out so they know they're going to be in it either way they just kind of want the good look of um, we're on the player side when it comes to recruiting and stuff. Yeah. And not to mention it, 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 it doesn't put a whole lot, but it does put a little pressure on the NCC on the NCAA, sorry, to get a deal done. Yeah. Cause they it, definitely want Notre Dame in that. Yeah. Um, Fernando Tatis, Tatis Jr. Agreed to a 14-year, $340 million extension with the Padres. Yeah, my mouth dropped when I saw that. Like, that is a lot of money. Now, granted, this guy is a young phenomenon in baseball. But, like, committing to a guy 14 years, as a Reds fan, I'm a little nervous because – we committed to Joey Votto for a long time, and I, I'm to the point where I want him gone. If you're a Reds fan, you can kind of relate to that. Maybe I've you never, don't. I don't. I've never understood the 15-year deals in baseball. It, I don't understand them either. You are absolutely trapped with these guys. Now, granted, baseball players play longer. They're in their prime longer, but – they're trapped if they get into slumps or if they're just not the same player that they well, what were. if they get hurt yeah i mean all the money's guaranteed i know i've heard of the terrible baseball contracts where like they what is it this guy on the mets or whatever like got cut or retired or whatever and he just collects a three million dollar check every year until like 2025 he hasn't played since like 2009 or something like i don't know what I don't know. I don't know all the details, obviously, but I just remember hearing about something like that. I'm like, why are these contracts being? It sounds like you have incompetent 
people in the offices of baseball. Yeah. Like I will say that's an average of 24. I, I've, it's just under $25 million a year or just over 24 million. So like in comparison to like basketball or NFL, like that's not insane money. It's just a long freaking time. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever want to commit to a player that long, especially with like the MLB. Cause that more than any league does trading and uh, taking from, you know, minors and whatnot more than the, more than the NBA, even they'll make, mm-hmm. there'll be tons of trades in the MLB come trade deadline. Like, and they're the, they're the league where it kind of invented the get rid of a guy a year too soon than too late kind of thing. Yeah. So um, it, it does make sense to me. The last piece here it just happened today it's kind of startling but um it'll be what we close on and that is tiger woods was involved in a very serious car accident today it uh, came out i think it happened this morning the news came out this afternoon um he was they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of his car uh he was ambulanced over to a hospital went immediately into surgery um severe injuries to his legs is what i'm hearing um i believe we just got another update on it let me see what it says um he suffered compound leg fracture and shattered ankle in the car accident um goodness gracious but just a uh, just a real scary i mean the car looked terrible i mean the i mean the cars i don't know what happened to the I don't know what happened. It was a single car rollover, um, but the car looked just shot. I mean, it did not look good at all. Um, And obviously, Tiger Woods, I mean, people have their thoughts or whatever, but there's no denying. He's an American sports icon globally um, for the sport of golf. And so the, the impact of tiger woods being in a severe car accident i mean and legitimately like uh it wasn't like he's in a car accident but he's going into surgery and he'll be fine like it took a while for the reports to come out and be like we believe these are non-life-threatening injuries like there was a you know a point in time where it was like he was in a severe car accident the it took a the jaws of life it took a lot for the them to even get him out of his car. You know, he is ambulanced immediately to a hospital. He's immediately put into surgery, like the whole thing. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. Um, it sounds like he's doing okay. He had the, he had the surgery. He's got a compound leg fracture, shattered ankle. It'll be interesting to see how that affects him, how long that recovery is, how long that, how much that affects him, especially he's had a lot of injuries, especially a lot of back injuries. It'll be interesting to see how, how he's able to come back from this one. And it's unfortunate because it seemed like he had just kind of gotten back, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, he had just won the masters last year. And that was like, that was a big moment in sports Um, for everybody was tiger coming back and winning after having all those back surgeries and everything. Um, and he, he did the Brady and Manning and Mickelson earlier this year and was in the Masters again and everyone on Tiger Watch. And it'll be interesting to see how this how this goes forward. 
Yeah, I mean, this is just it, it was unfortunate, especially when I heard about it. I'm like, I've never been Tiger Woods' biggest fan by any means, but you know, you never wish that upon your worst enemy. I mean, you know, it's, it's just something like that is very unfortunate, and you know, we're glad to hear that it was not fatal. Like, yeah. Or, but could you imagine losing Kobe Bryant one year and then losing Tiger Woods the next? I'm going to be honest. That's exactly what I – I mean, I, I showed the um, the picture came out of the car, and I showed it to someone, and they go, that kind of looks like the Kobe crash site. And I go, dude. <laughs> and and um, and he was like, I'm just being honest. And, I mean, it's in L.A. Was This was where the wreck happened. You know, it's it's the same area. That's, I mean, that's kind of, you couldn't help but think about that. It's just, I mean, we just had the anniversary of Kobe and you have this major story on Tiger Woods. And, and I'm always amazed because like you hear about car wrecks every day. You never hear about car wrecks with celebrities. You never mm-hmm. hear about playing problems with celebrities, but you hear about this stuff every day. Um, and for i mean that would like you said to to if we were to go kobe to tiger like that'd be devastating especially going kobe to covid to tiger yeah like (laughs) the the world would just have been relentless on us i mean 2020 2021 would be making its effort to beat 2020 at that point i mean i wouldn't even know if it wouldn't even surpass it to be honest like I mean, it's definitely it's definitely trying. I twenty twenty one, give them its props. It's trying its best to be worse than twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> but glad to hear it, it sounds like he's going to be okay. It's just going to be. I mean, I can't imagine a shattered ankle and compound leg fracture is going to be a quick process. Yeah, and it's going to be really sad if, you know, we, if we've already seen the last of tiger on the golf course, yes, yeah. that's not going to be an easy injury to come back from. No, not at all. So that is the show. I cannot see Ben anymore. And, um, so I don't know the, the, Link is in the show notes. If you're wanting to share this with a friend, that is, oh, I can see Ben. That is the easiest way um, to share it with them. That link, you click on that link and here's what it does, people. You click on the link and it takes you everywhere. All the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It takes you uh, to the email. You can send us a send us an email. Let us know what you think, your thoughts on different topics, what you want to hear us talk about. That's what we were going to do this week, and I forgot about it. We were going to start that offseason for the division things in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I'm really hoping we can start that, like, spring break, to be honest, just because that would give me some time to look into the teams as well, just because I've just been swamped with stuff. So Okay, I, so I just wanted to be known that we had this suggestion – it was given to Ben and Ben is the one postponing it and not me. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that you can email us your thoughts, what you want to hear us talk about, what, um, what your, what your hot takes are on all the different topics. Uh, if you disagree with either of us, obviously you're going to disagree with Ben, but um, if you disagree with me, I might be a little surprised, but I suppose it could happen. Um you can also, if you want to share with a friend, it takes you, it's everywhere that we're streaming. So, you know, if they're, if you give that link to a friend 
and they can just pick. I listen on Apple Podcasts, I'm finding it there. I listen on Spotify, I'm finding it there. I listen on Google, I'm finding it there. I'm, you know, on these hipster apps, I find it there. Um, and so uh, it's real easy. It's in the show notes. Um, it's a one link to everything, uh, and it's everything you'll ever need. Um, I mean, you know, you'll still need food and water and stuff like that. But um, as far as the show goes, the link is everything you'll ever need. Um, All the entertainment you can want. And a speaker to be able to listen to somehow. But uh, other than that, the link is everything you ever need uh, (laughs) based on the show. But uh, yeah, so hope you enjoyed it. We will be back. I don't know. We might. This is this is the time I, I, I do another show with Casey Houston. Um, this is usually the time of year we go every other week instead of weekly, just because it's kind of a down point up until like the draft. Um, and I'm still in school right now. So, <laughs> so that might work better for you anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's plan on doing that. We'll do every other week, um, up until say NFL draft time, um, or NFL free agency. That's true. That i um, forget that comes before in the NBA. That's after the draft. Um, that's free agencies before. So probably, yeah. NFL free agencies probably when we'll hop back into it on a weekly basis. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll probably be back in two weeks um, with another episode and we'll see what happens between now and then. Um, obviously Carson wins. I mean, come on. I'm excited. You know, the, the Steelers got their song and uh, I want to change that tune just a little bit. Here we go, Indy, here we go, Indy going to the Super Bowl. Okay, please stop, please stop. <laughs> that's, that's, but that's the song. That's I tell you what, Carson Wentz got traded to the Colts. I got the news, and that was the first thing I thought. Indy going to the Super Bowl. That's all I got. That's how we're going to close this show. All right, well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs>